Welcome back to Untranslated Islam. And of course, this is the show where we find texts that have never been translated um, into the English language and translate them so that you can get benefit. Um, today, I'm actually thinking of something that I want to share with you. It was more of a reflection, a humbling reflection. I had this reflection about two days ago, to be honest. Um, before Salat al-Fajr, uh, I was doing some review of Surah al-Ra'd. And I came to an ayah or a verse, and it just jumped out at me. And you guys who know, like before Fajr, like that last third of the night, sometimes, well, most of the times, you'll you be able to reflect on things a little deeper, if you, even if you're just sitting there and reflecting. The point is, is that this verse jumped out at me in a way that I had never thought of it before, and it was humbling. And the reason why I'm bringing this is because, so I sat there reflecting on it, and then the then for Fajr was called, and then I go downstairs and make salat to congreg uh, uh, the congregational prayer, salat to Fajr. And don't you know, the Sheikh recited the exact same page that I had been reflecting on. And so I've said this before, that I found this a sunnah in my life, that when Allah Jalla brings or decrees that something spiritual, a spiritual point hits me, hits me from different ways all at one time in a short period of time that is something I'm supposed to reflect on deeply, okay? So I wanna share with you guys what what ayah or verse that it was, and I'll give you the context later, but I wanna give you the verse first, okay? So the verse was in Surah Turad, and after Allah Jalla describes the people of paradise, and he describes them with descriptions that we'll talk about later, so that we can all aspire to be from those people. But after that, he says that they're going to uh, uh, enter into he says that for them is the great or the uh, how do they translate it I'll look and see uh, for them is the good end they'll say a good consequence okay then he says they'll go into the gardens of Eden and you guys are always we hear from other people in other scriptures they're talking about the gardens of Eden this is actually in the Quran Okay, Jannatu Adenin is what Allah uh, calls it in the Quran. Jannatu Aden. Okay, so the gardens of Eden. Waman Salaha min Abaihim. Waman Salaha min Abaihim wa Azwajihim wa Dhurriyatihim. Wal Malaikatu Yad Khuluna Aleihim min Kuli Bab. Salamun Aleikum Bima Sabartum. The Ni'ma Uqbadar. So Allah Jalla says in his ayat. He says that these people will enter into the gardens of Eden, Eden, and whoever was righteous from their, from their, uh, you can say from their fathers, but it means fathers and forefathers, okay, from their forefathers, and from those people on the same level. As Wajihim doesn't just mean their wives, but it means all the people that's on the same level. Uh, well, the Riyatihim and those people who are under, okay. So, and those people who are in the generations after them that are connected to them by bloodline, okay? So, as Wajihim can mean your brothers, your sisters, your wives, all of that. The people that are in the same tier. And Abaihim means the ones who are before them. And then the Riyatihim means the ones that come after them. Um, and this is the point. And the angels will come entering upon them from every door or every gate. Salamun alaykum bima sabartum. Giving them greetings saying, peace be upon you for your patience, your patient perseverance in the former world or in the worldly life. 
And what an excellent final home you have now. So I sat there and I reflected and uh, I think everyone knows, but there was, there was a point of, it was a point of debate or discussion amongst the scholars of the past um, about who was better or who was more preferred. Okay. The angels or mankind. We know there are different qualities about mankind that made him preferred, okay? The fact that Allah Jalla created him, uh, our father Adam, from, as he said, قَبْضَةً قَبَضَهُ مِنْ جَمِيعُ الْأَرْضِ From, from uh, a, a, a gathering of clay that was gathered from all around the world. So as the Prophet said in the same hadith, he says, So for that reason, the children of Adam came out white and black and red. And all that is between that, all the different colors, he said, and some come out hazin, and some uh, some come out sad, and some come out uh, rougher, and some come out smoother and sahel, easy and nice, and all between that. So our colors and our temperaments came from uh, the way that we, were, that we were created. But he created us with his own hands in a way that befits his majesty, okay? He breathed into us a special ruh, okay, uh, a spirit. From the, from some similar qualities, but the most important is that what when Adam opened his eyes, he opened his eyes to the angels bowing down in prostration to him. Now it wasn't a prostration of worship; it was a prostration, as the scholars say, of honor and in obedience to Allah. To show it's like we're coming into the world, or Adam's coming into the world, and he showed that he's being honored. And then the key thing is وَعَلَّمَ Adam الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا that Allah taught Adam the names and natures of everything, okay? So in each name in the Arabic language, and it's actually the roots of even the English, uh, uh, the names that you know in English, if you know the Arabic roots to them, you'll see in each name, it has some meaning to it. It's not just haphazard names like people decide, I'm going to take Latifa and Kanisha and put it together and say Letitia. No, no, each name actually has a meaning and root to it, okay? So... The point is, is that Allah taught Adam the names of everything and by doing that taught him the natures of everything, okay? And to the point, and it's, as it explains in the, in, the, in the explanation of the Quran, to the point that he would teach him the name for the big acts and the name for the small acts, the name for the small version of this and a big version, and each one had a reason or a meaning behind it. These are the ways that Adam was preferred and as a result his progeny is preferred. And of course, we know all the qualities of angels, but this is what I want to put to you, which is what I was thinking about before prayer that day. I thought about this and I'm going to put it to you exactly like this. I visited different homes, homes of different people. Okay. I've been guests at different homes and I put to you a parable based on the things that I've lived in my life that maybe you've lived the same. You visited two types of homes. In one home, you go there and you're being entertained as a guest. And the man, uh, the man that's, that brings you in, have a seat. And he has young children. And the young children, they start to go because the wife, you know, he doesn't want his wife to come in to serve you. So we, the young children go back and forth to the kitchen and get the food from the, from the mother and bring it and put it. And you watch them and they get it and they're so humble and nice and they bring it to you. And they bring you and give you something in your hand. And as they're bringing, they might stumble and some of it spills. And, mahalish, mahalish, and they bring it to you. And you just... Uh, you just are enamored by the humble, the the, the, prop, the, the the fact that they were raised properly, the humble upbringing, and the way that they're being trained. And so it's just beautiful. Yes, beautiful situation. Now I put forth the parable of a second situation. 
And this I'm thinking of actually my Sheikh, Sheikh Salih Taha Abu Islam, Allah Yirhamu, passed away during the time of the coronavirus. Um, and I, when I first got to the Muslim lands, I had the honor of being in classes with his three sons. His three sons were younger than me, but he's an imam, and they were staying with his imam, which was my imam. They were staying with him and being raised by him while the father was in Jordan as an imam. So the point is, is that three sons. Um, and I would watch how they would go and they would serve and take care of the sheikh and like this. They all became imams. They're all in their 40s now, late 30s, 40s now. Actually, all in their 40s now. So now imagine this scenario. I go and I visit Allah Yarhamu. I go and I visit my sheikh. I say Allah Yarhamu about their father. I go and I visit my sheikh. He's in his 60s now. Top imam, well known. All of those students that he raised, which are those three boys, are now all imams also. And I go, and they're the only ones home, or it's them and some students. And there's no young people or whatever. So as I sit down, he starts telling these imams that are well-known in Jordan, well-known in Egypt. People love these people. But because they're young too, the father or uncle type, he says, bring this and bring that. And they go and they make food for me. Nobody. I'm a nobody. They bring the food and they make the food and they bring it and sit it there. And they come and bring the water and start to take my hands and wash my hands for me. And they're making these meals and bringing them. And I'm eating and I'm already just feeling like so shy. Like I'm literally, get literally, get up and say, no, Sheikh, I, how are they going to serve me? There? And sit down. These are, serve him, serve him. And they're serving out of honor to their father or to their father figure. And they're serving me and taking care of me. And I drop a piece of food and because I'm nervous, because I just feel so embarrassed that they're serving me. And they rush to pick it up. And which one of those scenarios would you feel the most honored from? Which one of those scenarios would you feel the most honored from? Of course, the one you don't want to be in that situation, but you would feel honored about the fact that this high sheikh in his 60s has these young students that's in their 40s at serving you and you know that they're better than you. You would never allow that to happen in any situation. But you just take the honoring and you'll never literally make your heart, you'll never forget that experience. So now, as I said, there was much debate of the scholars of the past and everyone weighed in. Ibn Taymiyyah weighed in, Sheikh Ahmed, Imam Ahmed before that, Ibn Qayyim, all the scholars of the past weighed in, Ibn Arabi and Ibn Al-Arabi, the one that was the Sufi and the one that was that was on the Sunnah. Everyone weighed in on this about who was more preferred and not. But when I thought about this ayah or when I read this ayah, for some reason, the statement that Sheikh Uthameen used to always say about miracles popped in my head. When he was giving the explanation or the tafsir of Surat uh, Seba, okay? Seba is Sheba. The Queen of Sheba is a, is a, 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 um, it's a surah in the Quran named Seba. Okay, uh, her name was Bilqis, but she's called the Queen of Sheba uh, in other scriptures and other situations. But Seba is the land, okay, which is a land in Yemen, I believe, correct? Seba is in Yemen, isn't it? Yes, okay. So Seba is in Yemen. And so in the situation of this surah, in the beginning, 
Allah talks about the miracles that he gave King David, King David to be able to, with his own hand, be able to shape uh, iron. And so there was a, a, a debate or a talk or discussion about, did he use some equipment to shape it or did he shape it with his own hand? And Sheikh Uthameen said, no, we understand he shaped it with his own hand. That's what made it a miracle. Is the fact that he Allah made he said Allah says hadid and he made hadid which is iron soft in the hand of David so he was able to take and shape it into whatever however he wanted to do okay and he's the one who made the coat of mail that we know to this day that's like the rings okay before that they had the big heavy coat of mail and a person trying to lift his sword and, and it could barely move and all that he's the one that invented Dawood uh, King David invented the coat of mail that, that was made with the little ring so that you have durability can it actually move when you're fighting okay um so the point is is that he talked about these different miracles and Sheikh Uthameen said when he was describing him, he said what makes it a miracle is its miraculous qualities okay what what shows you how beautiful and amazing it is is the qualities within so I thought about this ayah the angels entering into them, into in upon them from every door in service to them. And they say what made the humans more preferred. So I'm going to, before that, read to you the statement of Shukri Thameen regarding this, because since I thought about him, I brought his statement, okay? And he said, and what happened was uh, in, this, in the Arab lands, there's this, uh, this, this, uh, I guess you could say radio show, but it also became a TV show called uh, Noor Al Darab that will come on on a regular basis. And it was a show where they will come and give fatawa. They were, it was a show where the sheikh they would invite different mashaykh or different scholars, and they would come and sit and they would give fatawa or give rulings about things. And people would send in their questions or call in and ask their questions. So someone called in and asked the question to Sheikh Uthameen on the one of the days when he was there, and it's literally thousands of fatawa or islamic rulings that came from this that's all recorded so in one of them they asked him which one was more preferred angels or humans okay so he went through a different a different he went through a spill but what he said uh, just in, in brief he said uh comparing angels to the righteous among mankind is a matter concerning uh, concerning which there are differences among the scholars, each of whom quoted qu a text to support his opinion. He said, but the most correct view is that the righteous among mankind are superior to the angels on the basis of what? Of the final outcome, because Allah, Allah, be, uh, Allah, gave, uh, will give them reward, the like of which cannot be attained by the angels as far as we know. Rather, the angels, and let's get this. When I went and looked this up, I said, that's why I have to talk about this. Because look at this. He refers to the exact same ayah again. I didn't even know what was going to happen when I went to look for it. Okay. He says, rather, the angels will be in the abode of the believers, namely paradise, and will enter upon them. Entering upon them from every gate. So the point is, is that by nature, he continues on. He says, from a point of the origin the angels are superior because they were created from light and their innate nature is to worship and obey Allah, okay? And they've been given the strength to do that. So by nature or origin, the angels are better, but for the righteous among mankind, Allah will prefer the righteous, may Allah make us of them, that when they get to Jannah, these creatures and beings who are better than us, who are created from a better source than us, created from light, who all they do is serve Allah, so that makes them better than us, they'll be 
sent by Allah to serve us. Now, isn't that something that's deeper? Because the nature of humans is you think somebody's serving you, that mean they lower you. Yo, yeah, go and get my water. Go No, 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 no. The angels are better than us by origin. But they'll be the ones serving us in Jannah as an honor. So the point is, that makes it even more amazing. Because it's not somebody that you're something that you're going to look down upon, but it's someone better than you that you're going to get an example. As the Prophet Sallallahu said in another hadith, he said that the people will do a tahmid wa tahlil wa takbir kitanafus in the Jannah or in paradise. Okay, I call Sallallahu in Jannah, in paradise. He said that the believers that reach paradise, that they will say subhanAllah and alhamdulillah and like this, like we breathe now. That's what the angels do already. So we're going to be looking at them as an example. Okay, we look at them as an example right now in this world. And out of honor, they'll be the ones serving us. And why? He says it in this ayah. He says, Salamun alaykum bima sabartum. Because of your patient perseverance through that former world. And we said before, a sabr is three subdivisions. A sabr ala ta'a. A sabr ala al-ma'asiyah. Wa sabr ala aqdarillahi al-mu'limah. That Sabr or patient perseverance is to be patient upon patiently persevering upon obedience to Allah and then patiently persevering away from the disobedience of Allah and then patiently persevering and moving through those things that Allah decreed that are difficult and have pain to them, difficulty to them that he decreed, trials and tribulations, yes, exactly, that we have to go through in this world uh, uh, in order to pur purify us and make us deserving of getting into paradise, okay? So the point is, Salamun alaykum bima sabartum. They recognize this is what's giving you favor. In another place, in Surah Al-Zumar, Allah Jalla says, when he's talking about He says, and the people will be gathered in, in groups to enter into the paradise. Until they arrive to the gate of paradise. Why? And they wait for the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, to open the gate and enter first, and then they enter behind him. And the workers in the angels in Jannah and Paradise will say, Salamun alaykum tibatum. Which is another reason why we, we will get this honor. They will tell, come to us and say, Peace be upon you. Remember this word. Tibatum comes from Tayyib. Okay, you did well. You did a good job. You you did well in in, in the worldly life, and so So enter into the jannah. This is your reward. Okay, so I say all of this because everything that I say or I like to re remind us of is things that we can apply and think of right now. These angels will be honored. Will honor us in jannah. May Allah make us the people of paradise. He will, they will honor us, but they are here right now honoring us. Allah Jalla says in that same surah, Surah Rad, He says, He says that each person has mu'aqibat. These are another type of, of angels. One is in front of them, guarding them. Uh, one is in front of them and one is behind them. And they are protecting him by the command of Allah. In the tafsir, Imam al-Tabari, 
Al-Qurtubi, Ibn Kathir, bring narrations. But Ibn Kathir, I love the way he described it the most when he said, so each one of us are bayna arba amlak. He said that each one of us are constantly surrounded by four angels. He said, excuse me, four, two on the right and left side, kiram and katibin, or the, the, the scribes is writing down our good and bad deeds, and then one in front of us and behind us to protect us. He says, and they, he said, actually appointed to us are eight angels because those four remain with us from, uh, from Fajr, from the morning prayer to the Asr prayer. And then as the Prophet ﷺ said, they change shifts and four more come down. So these four, they go up and Allah asks, how did you leave my slave? And, he's, and it says in a hadith, and Allah knows best how we left them. And he said, we left them praying. For of course, those people, when he leaves praying, at Tata Asr. And then four more come down to guard them from Asr to the next Fajr. And so they're constantly rotating, taking shifts. Eight angels that's appointed to you on a regular basis. That's separate from all the other angels that's around. And Even in... Yeah, I mean that's that's what they are. They they on shifts. They on shifts, and that's what they do. And la yasun Allah ma amarahum. They don't do. They they don't oh, disobey Allah when He commands them. And they yahfaduna hum in amri As it said in this situation, they protect him by the command of Allah. But the point is, is is that um, and the and the tafsir also says that uh, that they protect the slave until Allah Jalla wants to test or try the slave with something. Then He says to the angel Waraak, step to the back. Step to the back because I want to test my slave with something. And that's the only time we get tested. So my point is they're around us all the time. Just like we realize the honor of them serving us when we get to Jannah. What about right now? Shouldn't, and it made me feel for the first time on a different level what I've heard scholars say when they say, aren't you shy of the angels that surround you? When you, you know, decide to do something that you're not supposed to be doing or when you don't do something you're supposed to be doing when it's time to pray and you decide to do something else. Aren't you shy that there are angels writing down? There are angels just protecting you and looking like you, we're protecting you and you're doing what's, you know, you know, like, you know. So my whole point is, is that there's an ayah and I'm going to close out with this that I always think about. And I talked to one of the students who's now a big imam, Allahu Akbar. He's, uh, mashallah, he got his doctorates and his master's. And he's official official Ashar Sheikh now. I remember a long time I talked to him about this. Um, there's two different ayat in the Hawamim, the stories that start with Hayamim. In Surah Ghafir, it says, Alladhina yahmilun al arsha wa min hawlahu yusabbihuna bihamdi rabbihim wa yu'minuna bi wa yastaghfiruna lilladhina amanu. In the ayat Surah Ghafir, it says, those who carry the throne of Allah and those who are around that they praise him constantly and they believe in him and they ask for forgiveness for the believers. Okay, that's for the believers. May Allah make us of them. But then in Surah Shura, it starts off and it says, uh, Total different situation. In this situation, Allah opens up uh, 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 the surah and he's talking about his greatness or his magnificence in this situation. Okay. So let me see. Uh, he starts off and he says, Hamim, I'm seeing cough. 
Okay, and then he says, "Kadhalika yuha." Okay, ilayka wa ilaladina min qabl. This is the way that things will reveal down from up high, from majesty down to you. And so he says, "Allahu al-Azizul Hakim," and then he says, "What? Lahu ma fi al-samawati wa ma fi al-ard wa huwa eh wa huwa al-ali up there al-azim, greatness." And then he says, "How great he said that he is." Takadu samawatu. He's so great up there that the, the, the heavens up right next to closest to him almost crumble down because of his greatness. And then he says, and the angels And the angels seek forgiveness for everyone in the earth. This is a different type of forgiveness than what you're used to. Okay? This is like when you say. Oh, let that boy go. Let that fool go. He don't know what he's doing. Uh, you think I'm coming up with this? In the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ described that prophet, he said, it's as if I can see him right now. And he's wiping the blood off of his face because his people then pelted him with rocks and then did something to him. And he's saying, oh Allah, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's the type of forgiveness that's in this ayah. That's why it says for everyone in the earth, for the Kafir and the Muslim, for everyone. I'm basically saying, don't bring your Mokiyama right now. Give them a chance. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand your magnificence. Please just give them some respite. Give them some time. My point is that these are the angels. These magnificent beings, they're around us. They're watching what we do. They're writing everything down. There's not a single statement that we say. Love, love me like this. Like when you say, that's why Allah says, Talk about your parents. Don't even say, You write, say that. They writing it down. Which one you think is writing it down? If you say to your parents, you say, you say, It's being written down. Which one you think is writing it down? Don't even say, To them being written down these are the angels surrounding us so it brings now to light a, a better understanding when Yomo Kiyama comes yes 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 exactly that's that's what that's that, that was the point is that it's four of them Al-Katibin Al-Yamin Wa-Shimal on the right and on the left are the ones who describes and then the Mu'aqibat which are the Hafilin they're the ones in front and in behind so that's what Ibn Kathir was saying when he said this. So you're surrounded by four angels. Two are scribes, two are protectors. Four angels at all times and they change shifts at Fajr and at Asr. So it's eight angels appointed to you that are constantly on watch regarding you. So I just wanted to bring that because of the deep reminder that was in it. We have a world that's around us, which is why part of Islam is, and Allah starts in Surah Al-Baqarah. He says about the believers, four ayats, uh, excuse me, four ayats. And it starts with what? Those people who believe in the unseen, why does he start with that? The beginning, as soon as he starts out in that chapter. Because us, we have to be aware of what's surrounding us. Whether it's the evil spirits just trying to nudge us on, that's whispering straight into our hearts. So you make us think that it's us thinking that. That's why it says, I love you, what's so fee? Didn't say wignan or fee He said fee. Ah, he said fee, not in the ears, but fee sudor, in the chest, directly to the heart. Why? It makes you say stuff, crap like, oh, I was born this way. Oh, this is just how I am. And all of this mess because you really think, or a person really thinks it's them, and they're being whispered that mess. 
So we have those things that we have to fight that are enemies. And then we have angels that surrounding us that's at our, uh, 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 that, that, that are making dua for us and uh, in our favor. But we do things that we should be shy about around them. So with all these things, when Yom Okiyama comes and Allah says, like he says in the hadith about that man, and he says, what, did my angels, did they make a mistake? Did You got the angels, you got the earth bear witnessing, you got everything. And he said, I don't want nobody bear witness except myself. And he said, and seals up his mouth and make his hands and limbs talk. That means that your skins and stuff, you should be shy to use them for wrong. Because what do they say? Call Luke when they said when he when he's when, when he opened his mouth, he said, Lima shahid to my Why? Why? I was an kuntu ujadil, as it says in the hadith. I was arguing for y'all. I was arguing for y'all. Why would y'all tell on me? And they say what? Um talk on Allah Lavi Aum Taka Kulla Shay. Wahua Khalaka kum awala marra. Ah, he said, because Allah gave us the chance to speak finally, and he's the one who created everything. Uh, 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 and, uh, and, and to him you have to return and you didn't have enough shyness to shield yourself from doing wrong and so that uh, so that your ears and your eyes and your skins wouldn't talk against you you didn't have alright so what I was saying is, is um, and I'm sorry we just got, it was a glitch in the computer, but what I was saying was a reminder that everything that's around us, everything, is a submission to Allah. Um, there's an ayah in the Surah Al-Hajj that says exactly that. Do they not realize that everything, يَسْجُدُ لَهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ Everything in the heavens, everything in the earth. وَالنُّجُومِ وَالشَّجْرُ وَالْجِبَاتِ The mountains, the stars, the trees, Everything that's moving, everything that's living, and many of mankind, and but there are some or many of mankind that they've earned the punishment. So the point is, is that we don't want to be from those people who don't realize everything around us is a submission and obedience to Allah except us, because that's the reason why those people are going to be punished. So it's a humbling thing to think about the angels and everything around us. But we're going to close out because I said that I was going to just mention the ayat or the context, the verses that's in context that leads up to this verse that we were talking about. And so if you want to get a, a, a Quran or a Mus'haf and follow along, you can. Um, for those people who maybe want to read an English Mus'haf, you can open up to Surah 13, which is Surah Rad or Thunder. Ayat 19 or verse 19 is where it starts. Okay, for those who have an Arabic Mus'haf, then that's going to be on the one, two, three, on the top of the fourth page of the Medini, uh, uh, of the Medina, of the Medina. Yeah, you know, you, you remember more than me, man. Cut it out. <laughs> that's the thing. Just by reading and remembering this stuff, it just sticks in your head, man. But uh, the point is, is that it starts off with, you better stop because you got more memorized than me. <laughs> you do. You always, anything I say, you correct it. But uh, it just depends. Yeah, well, some people remember the actual numbers. I'd be like, yo, how they do that? I don't remember the numbers for nothing. But uh, I remember the page where it's at. Um, but that's the thing. We always memorize from the exact same type of Mus'haf. So you remember the pages. That's what they always told us in the beginning. Read from or memorize from the same type of Mus'haf every time. So that it's all in the same place. But uh, so Allah starts out what he says. Uh, أَفَمَنْ يَعْلَمُ أَنَّمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ الْحَقِّ 
كمن هو أعمى is the one who knows that that which has been sent upon you, O Muhammad, from your Lord, is he equal to the one who's blind of the fact, who doesn't realize that? إنما يتذكر أولو الألباب Verily the only ones who will get the reminder or remember of those people of understanding. أولو الألباب, the people of لب, لب or, or understanding, deep understanding. And then he describes them. الذين يوفون بأهد الله Those who fulfill the covenants that they have with Allah and this is important right here. He says, and they don't break their covenants or they don't break their oaths. Now, a person may think that this is a small thing and say, well, I don't break contracts or oaths. But you have to understand the comprehensive wording that Allah uses. You can understand that ayah by understanding in Surah Ma'idah, ayat 7, where Allah says, Remember the blessing of Allah upon you. Use the same word. And the covenant that he took upon you when he said, when you said, We hear and we obey. Okay? So once you committed yourself to Islam, that's a covenant that we hear and we obey. We're obedient to Allah, which means we don't commit disobedience, which is sin. And gufran akaf. And when we slip, then we say, gufran rabbana. Oh Allah, please forgive us for our shortcomings. All right. So that statement is a deep, deep, uh, comprehensive statement that they don't break their contract. They keep it to the best of their ability. And even if they slip regarding it, they make sure they make forgiveness and make up for it. Next ayah. And those who connect or keep connected, those things that Allah say keep connected. The first thing is the blood, the, the, the ties of, 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 of kin, the blood relatives, keeping that bond, keeping a good bond with the Muslims, keeping a good bond with humanity in general, those who are trying to do, do good. Like Allah says, is that he didn't cut you off from those people who don't fight against Islam and don't, then those people you're supposed to keep good contact and be in good relations with them. So the whole point is, is that they keep good contact and relations with people. And they have khashya of their Lord, which is fear based on knowledge. And then he couples it with And they have an innate natural fear of coming, of having an evil reckoning or having a, a bad situation with Allah. Okay, so you have two different things. The person who have knowledge, they have a fear that's called khashya, based on knowledge of Allah. And then the one who even doesn't have that much knowledge still has a natural, it's called being afraid. I'm afraid. Khaf is like, I'm afraid. Khaf. They're afraid of Coming to Allah and things are not right. So they make sure they do what they're supposed to do. And this is important also because he says what? That they have sabr through this dunya, which is the thing that the angels commend them on when they go into the into Jannah, right? Sabartum. Salamun alaykum bima sabartum. Same word, two ayats before it. He says, That they uh, 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 they have patient perseverance. On whatever difficulties that they go through in this world, because they're seeking the face of Allah, the countenance of Allah, okay? And that's literally and figuratively, okay? Uh, salah, and they uh, establish the salah properly. And they give from that which Allah has blessed them or provided them with in open and secret. Again, rizq, rizq, part of rizq or, or provision is money, but part of revision is knowledge. Part of revision is guidance. 
Huh? Allah, Allah, the Prophet used to make dua. Uh, uh, Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa wa razuqna tiba'a. Wa arina al-baatila baatila wa razuqna tiba'a. Wa razuqna tiba'a. So he would say, Oh Allah, show me the truth for what it is and give me the rizq or the provision of following it. And show me the falsehood for what it is and give me the rizq of staying away from it. So these words that are used in the Quran, the comprehensive wording of the Quran is deep thought, okay? So the point is, is that uh, These people who have all these descriptions, they're the ones who get a good end. And then it goes into the ayat of the verse that we talked about, Jannatu Adenin, the gardens of Eden. Uh, they enter in and those who were good from their parents and from the people on the same tear with them, brothers, sisters, wives, and those that come after them, their offspring, and the angels come greeting them. So it shows you the big official family reunion. And the angels come greeting them from every gate saying, Salamun alaykum, because you were patiently persevering. Bima sabartum. May Allah make us of those people and may us be an encouragement for all of us to continue upon, which is good. When things get difficult, keep striving because we know the end goal. Okay. And until next time, we'll keep excavating. You guys keep listening and let's all make dua and benefit. And until next time, this is your brother Ben Yusuf. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi فَمَنِ 